20 years ago in March of 1999, while I'm sitting waiting for Mass to begin, I found myself reflecting on the countless blessings that God has anointed me with throughout my life. And an advisory parenting voice in my head says, Leanne, you need to volunteer your time in some way as thanksgiving for the abundant blessings that God has bestowed upon you. Following Mass, I grab a church bulletin, and the first ad I read says, The DuPage Marian Movement of Priests Rosary Seneca Group are looking for volunteers to come and pray the rosary. I thought to myself, that's it. That's the least that I could do. However, as I start to discern the ad's request a little bit more extensively, I soon have a change of heart as a flood of conflicting thoughts go through my head, including like, are you crazy? You, Miss Cradle Catholic, you don't even know how to say the rosary. But, by the grace of God, my doubting Thomas thoughts don't get in my way because the following week, with a rosary in hand, I show up at my first DuPage Marian Movement of Priests Rosary Cynical meeting. As I approach the door to the home where the Rosary Cynical group meets each week, I'm greeted by the homeowner, Mary Gale, who graciously welcomes me and kindly introduces me to the fellow members of the group, all gathered in the living room of her peace-filled home. While I begin taking everything in around me, I notice that the group is made up of an eclectic mix of people of all ages. There are children as young as 12 years old, all the way up to adults in their 80s. Well, three weeks later, at my third Rosary Cynical meeting, I discover that not only have I become fond of everyone in the group, I also surprisingly discovered that I really enjoy reciting the rosary. And this specific evening, after reciting the rosary and the formatted prayers, Mary Gale looks at me and says, Leanne, every year our prayer group organizes a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. Would you care to join us next month? Well, as the newest member, attending only three prayer meetings, I'm truly touched by Mary Gale's thoughtful gesture to include me in on such a significant journey. However, at the same time, I hear a voice echoing in my mind saying, No way are you going on a pilgrimage to a foreign country! But, mindful of my manners, I appreciatively say to Mary Gale, Thank you so much for asking me. Maybe next year. Well, now into my second year of attending the prayer group, Mary Gale once again asks me, Leanne, would you care to join us this year for our pilgrimage to Medjugorje? And once again, I say, thank you so much for asking me. Maybe next year. Well, sure enough, I find myself one year later and as Mary Gale begins to ask me to join them on their pilgrimage. But before she could get all the words out of her mouth to ask me, I say, yes! So 
it's now May of 2001, and I, along with six other members of our rosary group, arrive in Medjugorje by mid-afternoon on a cool, damp day. As moderator of our group, Mary Gale arranged for us to stay at a small, single-occupancy room hotel that's owned by Marinko Ivankovic. And after the group unpacks, we arrange to meet in the adjoining courtyard to relax and start planning for the days ahead. On the third evening of our pilgrimage, our group decided to split up since everyone had a different agenda. I alone chose to visit and pray at the Blue Cross, which is located towards the base of Apparition Hill. I arrived there around 7 in the evening and noticed that there were approximately 25 pilgrims surrounding the area where the Blessed Virgin Mary's statue stands. I also noticed that there was a kneeler in front of her statue, but it was occupied with other pilgrims praying. So I decided to take a seat close behind and started taking in everything around me. Encompassing our Blessed Mother's statue was an abundance of beautifully fragrant flowers that filled the air with their sweet scent. I also noticed that the area was void of any candles and then soon remembered that candles aren't allowed on the hill since they are a potential fire hazard. Well, when a space became available at the kneeler in front of the Blessed Mother statue, I eagerly walked up to it and knelt before her. And I slowly and peacefully just fell into a deep, meditative prayer state, becoming totally unaware of my surroundings. It was like I was lost in thought, lost in prayer, and totally lost track of time. Nothing else mattered. When I eventually come out of my deep prayer state, opening my eyes, I discover that it's completely dark out and I can no longer see anything. So I quickly turn around to get comfort from the other pilgrims, but frightfully, not a single person is left on Apparition Hill. Immediately, my heart begins pounding with fear. And my thoughts are, I am a million miles from home and no one from my group knows where I am. While feeling terrified, I'm also filled with an enormous amount of guilt for feeling this fear because I think to myself, Leanne, how can you be a believer on this holy ground and at this moment not believe that you'll be all right? And as I struggle with these conflicting emotions, my heart is fiercely pounding in my chest. Then suddenly, the moon opens up and goes boom and casts the brightest ray of white light illuminating only our Blessed Mother's statue. Everything else around her and me were in total darkness with my hands 
tightly clenched in front of me on the armrest of the kneeler. I gaze up at our Blessed Mother's radiant statue, and while looking at her beautiful face, I continue to repeat in my head while trying desperately to convince myself, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. And suddenly, I feel someone gradually touch my right forearm, followed by a gentle kiss on my right cheek. Not seeing anyone, immediately a feeling of warmth rested upon the top of my head, and this warmth began to penetrate flowing downward and slowly and methodically filling up every inch and every cell of my entire being until it reached to the very tips of my toes. This serene sense of warmth brought with it the most comforting embrace that I have ever felt. Then it was as if a hole began to open on the top of my head to allow a gentle stream of water to gradually and slowly replace the warmth with a cool, mild wash. And with this calm rinse came a tremendous sense of peace. At this moment, I knew in my heart that it was our Blessed Mother who just placed a tender kiss upon my cheek. And her comforting touch allowed me the divine privilege to feel and experience what I genuinely believe to be the state of ecstasy. How I discern we will feel when we're in heaven because of God's unending love for us. I also knew in my heart then that if a God appeared to me at that very moment and asked me, Leanne, would you like to come home with me? That nothing or no one nor fear would keep me from saying yes. The overwhelming joy that I felt from this experience help console and guide me right down the dark apparition hill. And while walking back to my hotel room, I decided that I was not going to share this remarkable occurrence with any of my pilgrim friends. I thought that it could perhaps sound boastful, and I also thought that there may be a chance that my friends wouldn't believe me because of a story that some of us heard the evening prior to, told to us by our hotel owner, 
Marinko. Marinko relayed to our group some history of Medjugorje and his involvement with the visionary children. He said that in 1981, when the children began having the apparitions, Medjugorje was a communistic country. So when news about the town hit the local paper with claims of the children having apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the communistic government became quite angered. And these reported allegations were a thorn in the sides of the officials because they were enforcing in all their schools that God did not exist, yet alone much the Virgin Mary. So as a result, the children's lives were in grave danger, and Marinko became a defender and protector of them. Marinko continued to tell us that one evening during one of the Blessed Mother's apparitions with the six children, that she instructed the children to bring Marinko to the following evening's apparition because she wanted to show him her appreciation for protecting them when their lives were in jeopardy from the angered authorities. So, in reply to the Blessed Mother's request, the children showed up at Marinko's home the following evening. But, since Marinko arrived home late from his mechanics job, he told the children to go on without him. He said he did not have an opportunity to clean up. But, mindful of the Blessed Mother's request, the children refused to leave without Marinko, and they each expressed their urgency in getting to the hill quickly and timely for that evening's apparition. So, respecting the children's plea, Marinko hurried along with them. When they all arrived at the hill, the children knelt side by side as they anxiously awaited the blessed mother's appearance. During the apparition, the Blessed Mother said to the children, Have Marinko come closer to me. I want to express my gratitude to him with a kiss. What Marinko proceeded to describe to our group of what he felt from our Blessed Mother's kiss was and is precisely what I would and did experience the following evening on the hill. I believe that if I had not elected to stay and hear Marinko's story, that I would not have understood what my encounter with the Blessed Mother was all about. Because I, like Marinko, was graced with a kiss from our Blessed Mother. And knowing that Marinko described and shared his story with our prayer group, I feared that my friends would think that my story was just a copycat result of hearing his. However, I knew that I didn't need to create an extraordinary account that isn't truthful. And I also know now that God's plan for me was to hear Marinko's story so that my experience would make sense, even if it only made sense to me. Well, upon ending my pilgrimage to Medjugorje, I honestly thought that I would return there 
each year thereafter. Well, that was 18 years ago, and I have not been back since. I suppose there's truth in the saying that Our Lady calls you there. In 2001, I may not have actually heard her call, but I do know that I received her invitation in my heart. And as much as I believe that I was called by the Blessed Mother in 2001, I also know that she has never called me back there since. But instead, she left me with two beautiful, profound affirmations in my heart. First, I believe I received a kiss from the Blessed Mother as her way of saying thank you. Thank you for stepping out of my comfort zone and responding to her call to pray the rosary for her beloved priestly sons whom she loves dearly. And the other insight came to me four years ago when my precious earthly father was dying. I was having a hard time letting him go. And then, by the grace of God, I remembered the pure bliss and the feeling of ecstasy that I experienced from our Blessed Mother's kiss. How I believe we will all feel when we're in heaven because of God's unending love for us. And remembering that, I was able to peacefully let my dad go because I did not want to selfishly keep him here in pain when I knew what he would soon feel when he got to heaven because of God's love. 